gems. It's time for another political rendezvous. Welcome to Tea Spilling Saturdays. If you are new here, welcome to our tea room. My name is Jules Jones, and on Saturdays, I go through the biggest political stories of the week. If you are interested in news and politics, I recommend you follow our channel. I throw a tea party every Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I also encourage you to visit my website, JulesJonesLive.com, for updates. Today is January 27th, 2024. Welcome to episode number 62. Today's show is titled Madame Ghislaine Maxwell. That's right. As a follow-up to all of our coverage on Epstein, we are going to go there without fail. It has been quite a week for everyone. I'll tell you what, this news cycle is just crazy style. The footage I am going to use today for the monologue just so everybody knows is from Ghislaine Maxwell's Filthy Rich. It's an official trailer from Netflix. We can use all of this since we are able to discuss it and educate people about the pedophiles we are dealing with. And so you can find all of the footage that I'll be showing in the description box below. It's always there for your taking and you can that way you can figure out what I showed on today's show. And if you want to share it with others, you're more than welcome, of course. This year is going as exactly as predicted. Every week is crazier than the week before. Before we get started, though, I want to just thank you all for following us. You truly are gems to me. If you haven't followed us yet, we hope you will. It's free and it helps us. It We really appreciate the support. It really does. All the activity, your comments, everything in chat really gets the channel going. And I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. So during the last two shows, we covered Jeffrey Epstein's story. We covered his background and how he evolved into the creepy, evil sex trafficker he became with children and everything else. At some point, Epstein's story became intertwined with that of Ghislaine Maxwell. This week, we are going to do a deep dive into the story of his partner in crime. As usual, before we dive into that, we'll cover the countdown of this week's top news stories, and we'll also spill some tea on In Case You Missed It with follow-up stories from the previous shows. We all have been very busy with our lives these days, and we know the news cycle is moving so quickly that it's hard for most people to keep up with what's been happening. We'll help you out and throw in a couple of healthy doses of irony, snark, and humor along the way. Today, we'll cover Ghislaine Maxwell's history, as well as her criminal charges, appeal, and much more. We'll spill the tea on her trial evidence, her connections to the Clintons, her reduced sentence, her legal fee woes, her murder attempts on her life, her belief that Epstein didn't kill himself, her com complaints against the prison, her appeal, her lawsuit against the Epstein estate, her blaming gender equality, and a newly released document of her grooming young girls. That's right. She was the madam. As you can see, it's going to be a jam-packed show. While we're covering all of this information, please keep a couple of things in mind when you're thinking about all of this stuff. All right, so the evidence. It disappeared after the FBI raided Epstein's Rape Island. 
One of the three lead prosecutors was none other than Maureen Comey, the daughter of former FBI director James Comey, who was involved in both the interrupted prosecution of Jeffrey Epstein and the trial of Maxwell. In their latest filing in the near six-year lawsuit, Maureen Comey, the lead prosecutor against Maxwell, admitted the FBI is sitting on unreleased information that could impact a jury in any appeal from Maxwell. Was Maxwell's trial fair? Her trial started in 2021. The list of client names have still not been released. Yet the names of the victims were released, and they courageously faced Ghislaine Maxwell at her sentencing. None of the adults, the clients of Rape Island, have ever been arrested. Not even one. There are still a lot of unanswered questions, and we can be certain that we still don't have all the facts. After all that, we will dish up some rumors from online chatter that you will not want to miss. So grab a beverage, get comfy, and join us for another political rendezvous where we spill the tea on all the latest news. So now we are going to head right into our top 10 of the week. Okay, our top 10 news stories. And so you have them here. This is going to be quite (laughs) the show. I'm telling you, when you start talking about Epstein, you can go on for days. So coming in at number 10, we have got Ron DeSantis. He drops out of the race and endorses Trump. Yes, it seems like this happened weeks ago, but it happened just this week. Coming in at number nine, we've got the J6 committee deleted over 100 encrypted files just before the GOP took House majority because evidence which contradicts the narrative must be destroyed. It's the slimy, swampy thing to do. Coming in at number eight, Haley encourages Democrats to vote in Republican primaries. Rather than lose, Birdbrain would let Democrats pick the Republican candidate seriously cannot make some of this stuff up. So coming in at number seven, Biden mumbles incoherently something about beer, Earth Rider, Great Lakes. It's like someone ran his teleprompter through a blender. Coming in at number six, Trump to bar future Haley donors from MAGA. We don't want them. Bird brain money and MAGA don't mix. Coming in at number five, Arizona GOP party chair Jeff DeWitt is caught on a secret recording bribing Carrie Lake to not run for Senate. Carrie does not budge. Finally, a politician with integrity. Thank you, Carrie Lake. (laughs) I know we don't get that often, do we? And then we've got coming in at number four, Arizona GOP chairman Jeff DeWitt resigns after leaked bribery attempt with Carrie Lake. And after it goes viral, we need names, Jeff Dimwit. We need names. Number three, President Trump calls on all willing states to deploy their National Guards to Texas to defend U.S.-Mexico border. Leadership from President Trump because Biden is a leadership void. Coming in at number two, 25 states now stand with Texas Governor Abbott. Sign letter supporting Texas constitutional right 
to self-defense. The Lone Star State is definitely not alone. And then we have got coming in at number one... President Trump wins New Hampshire by double digits, 11%, despite Democrats voting for Haley. This was by far the most friendly state for Sticky Nikki. Bird Brain now has no path to the nomination. And there you have the top 10 of the week. We're not going to discuss all of that nonsense, the $83.3 million that Trump must pay to E. Jean Carroll for defamation. That is going to be appealed, as you all know, another example of election interference. And we're just not going to even put up with all that nonsense. So in case you missed it, my goodness, last week's show was something else. And so was the week before. The last two weeks we've covered... We've covered Epstein, and it has been quite a ride. I mean, seriously, a lot of the stuff I didn't even know about the guy. I had no idea that he did not finish college, and he was able to just get in and start teaching at a school. But in case you missed this little number, this was an interesting one that came out. Donald Barr, the first school where Epstein taught. Did you know about this when it came to Epstein? Well, Donald Barr, William Barr's dad, was involved in that. They they were there at the same school together. And it's more than even than that. I mean, check this out. The first job that Jeffrey Epstein got out after he dropped out of college was with a boys' school. The owner of that boys' school was Donald Barr, the father of Bill Barr. Bill Barr was the attorney general for the Trump administration in 2019. So What's the significance of that? He, he decided that it was a suicide. He decided that Jeffrey Epstein's death in prison was a suicide. Yeah. He said he's not going to pursue an investigation with the FBI because it was a suicide. And so he went to the school. He gets he gets let go from the school. Um, and he then... You mean Jeffrey Epstein gets yeah, let go? He, Jeffrey Epstein gets let go from the school. And then he becomes an international financier. And like that. I think important to and know that's, too... And that's the crazy part. That's the point. That's the unexplained... That if you go around and you look at all these articles about explaining his wealth, no one explains how that happened. Right. Because one guy at the school, his son went to that school and he got a job with that guy and became an international financier. Yeah, so it made hundreds of millions of dollars in the early 1980s overnight. What happened? Yeah, no kidding. So, of course, just like everything else, they're all involved in this whole thing together. They've known each other for years. You really think that they are going to actually prosecute each other? No. Their kids are going to college together. They they have to meet at the, at the country club for lunch. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely as incestuous as it can possibly be. And it doesn't just end there. It's in business. It's in politics. It's in every single thing. And we see that. We, we see these names we recognize them we don't know why well that's the skinny on that and I actually got that one from terrible if you don't follow her over on X Twitter please make sure you do so she's got a fantastic account honestly and she gave me a boost once and I'm telling you I've got like all kinds of followers as a result of that I thought cat turd was up to something that day but it was actually terrible and she's just a really good person and just reports beautifully so just wanted to give her a little shout out as well so we are going to get into the entire Ghislaine Maxwell story there's a lot of information I'm going to give you the back the backstory on her and everything else so that you have it there's a lot of stuff like I said 
on this show, there's so many things that I didn't even know until we start talking. And then boom, it's like, wow, we're getting into the history of this person. A lot of things I think you're going to be a little surprised at as well. So I'm using a couple of different sources and we'll fill you in on all the details and hopefully get you caught up if you don't know the story already. But it's always interesting. I always pick up something new. So here we go. We're going to start spilling the tea. Okay, so I am going to have in the background a little footage from the shocking story of Ghislaine Maxwell, the House of Maxwell. It's a BBC where they started covering a lot of this stuff while we get into the nitty gritty of the details of Ghislaine Maxwell and her life. So I'll have that playing in the background. Here we go. Ghislaine Noel Marion Maxwell. All right. She was born December 25th, December 1961. She is a British former socialite and a convicted sex offender. In 2021, she was found guilty of child sex trafficking and other offenses in connection with the deceased financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. In June 2022, she was sentenced in New York to 20 years imprisonment. A lot of people are saying, hey, you know what? It should be a lot more than that. She was born in France and raised in Oxford. Maxwell is the daughter of British media proprietor Robert Maxwell and French-born researcher of the Holocaust. And so, and that is her mother, Elizabeth Maxwell. In the 1980s, she attended Balio College, Oxford, and became a prominent member of London's social scene. Maxwell worked for her father until his death in 1991. She then moved to New York City, where she continued living as a socialite and had a relationship with Epstein. In 2012, Maxwell founded a nonprofit group for the protection of oceans. Following sex trafficking allegations being brought by prosecutors against Epstein in July 2019, the organization announced cessation of operations the same month. Maxwell is a naturalized U.S. citizen and retains both French and British citizenship. In July 2020, Maxwell was arrested and charged by the federal government of the United States with crimes of enticement of minors and sex trafficking of underage girls related to her association with Epstein. She was denied bail as a flight risk, with the judge expressing concerns regarding her completely opaque finances, her skill at living in hiding, and the fact that France does not extradite its citizens. In December 2021, she was convicted on five out of the six counts, including one of sex trafficking of a minor. She faces a second criminal trial for two charges of lying under oath about Epstein's abuse of underage girls. 
Ghislaine Maxwell was born in 1961, Maison Lafitte in France, the ninth and youngest child of Elizabeth, a French-born scholar, and Robert Maxwell, a Czechoslovak-born British media proprietor. Her father was a Jewish was from a Jewish family, and her mother was French Protestant descent. Maxwell was born two days before a a car accident that left her 15-year-old brother, Michael, in a prolonged coma until his death in 1967. Her mother later reflected that the accident had an effect on the entire family and surmised that Ghislaine had shown signs of anorexia while still a toddler. Throughout her childhood, Maxwell lived with her father in Oxford at Headington Hill Hall, a 53-room mansion where the offices of Pergamon Press, a publishing company run by her father, they were also located. Her mother said that all of her children were brought up as Anglicans. Maxwell studied first at Oxford High School for Girls in North Oxford and then, age nine, was enrolled at Edgarley Hall Preparatory School in Somerset. This is followed by Headington School at the age of 13. She attended Marlborough College to to study for A-levels before going on to earn a degree in modern history with languages from Balliol College in Oxford in 1985. Maxwell had a close relationship with her father and was reportedly his favorite According to Tatler, Maxwell recalled that her father installed computers at Headington in 1973, and her first job was training to use a Wang 2200 and later programming code. The Times reported that he did not permit Maxwell to bring her boyfriends home or to be seen with them publicly after she started attending Oxford University. Interesting, isn't it? Maxwell was a prominent member of the London social scene in the 1980s. She founded a women's club named after the original Kit Kat Club and was the director of Oxford United Football Club during her father's ownership. She also worked at the European a publication her father had established. According to Tom Bauer, writing for the Sunday Times in 1986, Robert invited her to the naming in her honor of his new yacht, the Lady Ghislaine, at a shipyard in the Netherlands. She spent a large amount of the time in the in the late 1980s above aboard the yacht, and was a, it was equipped with a jacuzzi, a sauna, a gym, and a disco. Must be nice. <clears throat> I'm sure we all have one of those just hanging out in our backyard. <laughs> The Scotsman said that Robert had also tailor-made a New York company for her. The company, which dealt in corporate gifts, was not profitable. The Sunday Times reported that Maxwell flew to New York City on November 5, 1990, to deliver an envelope on her father's behalf that, unbeknown to her, was part of a plot initiated by her father to steal $200 million from Berlitz shareholders. After Robert Maxwell purchased the New York Daily News in January 1991, he sent Ghislaine to New York City to act as his emissary. 
In May 1991, Maxwell and her father took to the Concord on business to New York from where he soon departed for Moscow and left her to represent his interest at an event that was featuring Simon Weisenthal. In November 1991, Robert Maxwell's body was found floating in the sea near the Canary Islands and the Lady Ghislaine. Soon afterwards, Ghislaine flew to Tenenef, where the yacht was berthed to attend to his business and all of his paperwork. She attended her father's funeral in Jerusalem, along with Israeli intelligence figures. You had President Herzog and uh, Prime Minister Shamir, who gave the eulogy for his funeral. Although a verdict of death by accidental drowning was recorded, Maxwell has since said she believes her father was murdered. Commenting in 1997, he did not commit suicide, that it was just not consistent with his character. I think he was murdered, is what she said. After his death, Robert Maxwell was found to have fraudulently appropriated the pension assets for the Mirror Group newspapers, a company that he ran and in which he held a large share of ownership to support its share price. Pension funds in excess of 400 million pounds were said to be missing, and 32,000 people were affected. Two of Maxwell's brothers, Ian and Kevin, who were mostly involved with their father's business in the daily day business dealings, were arrested on June 19, 1992, and charged with fraud related to the Mira Group pension scandal. The brothers were acquitted three and a half years later in 1996. Maxwell moved to the United States in 1991, shortly after her father's death. You had Maxwell, who was provided with an annual income of 80,000 pounds, which was the equivalent of 182,716,000 pounds in 2021 from a trust fund established by her father. By 1992, she had moved to an apartment of an Iranian friend overlooking Central Park. At the time, Maxwell worked at a real estate office on Madison Avenue and was reported to be socializing with celebrities. She quickly rose to wider prominence as a New York City socialite. Her relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. So this is an interesting one. If you have not gone ahead and started following this channel yet, please make sure that you do so. We'll be back in just a second when we'll discuss the relationship between Jeffrey Epstein and Madam Maxwell. we could all use that trust fund wouldn't that be nice i know i don't have anything even near <laughs> near anything like that that does not have my back that does not pay my bills no i'm not going to be moving to new york anytime soon to become a socialite how about you 
Yeah, the whole thing is just amazing, isn't it? The, the more we learn, the, the wilder the story gets. And it, it's really sad for these girls. It really is. But here's the relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Well, accounts differ on when Maxwell first met the American financier. Jeffrey Epstein. Well, according to Epstein's former business partner, Stephen Hoffenberg, Robert Maxwell introduced his daughter to Epstein in the late 1980s. The Times reported that Maxwell met Epstein in the early 1990s at the New York party following a difficult breakup with a count, right? Count Mazzani, who died in 2012, and he was the head of the Cigna Hotels clan. Maxwell had a romantic relationship with Epstein for several years in the early 1990s and remained closely associated with him for more than 25 years until his death in 2019. The nature of their relationship remains unclear. In a 2009 deposition, several of Epstein's household employees testified that Epstein referred to her as his main girlfriend, who also hired, fired, and supervised his staff starting around 1992. She has also been referred to as the lady of the house by Epstein's staff and his aggressive assistant, end quote. In a 2003 Vanity Fair profile on Epstein, author Vicki Ward said that Epstein referred to Maxwell as my best friend. Ward also observed that Maxwell seemed to organize much of his life. Politico reported that Maxwell and Epstein had friendships with several prominent individuals in elite circles of politics, academia. You also had business and law, including former presidents. You know, they tried to go ahead and wrap President Trump into that whole circle. No cigar. They failed miserably, as you all know, after the coverage of Epstein. But the association with Bill Clinton is very paramount. It is one of the biggest associations of the entire group. It's a standout for sure. Attorney Alan Dershowitz was also mentioned, and Prince Andrew, Duke of York, who will never be looked on in favor again. He is also a creep that lives amongst them. Maxwell is known for her longstanding relationship with Prince Andrew and for having escorted him to the hookers and pimps social function in New York. Fitting, isn't it? In a November 2019 interview with the BBC, Andrew said that the two had known each other since Maxwell was an undergraduate at Oxford. She introduced Epstein to Prince Andrew and the three often socialized together. I'm sure they did. (laughs) Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? In 2000, Epstein and Maxwell attended a party thrown by Prince Andrew at the at the Queen's Sandringham House estate in Norfolk, in in, uh, England, reportedly for Maxwell's 39th birthday. In his November 2019 interview with the BBC, Prince Andrew confirmed that Maxwell and Epstein had attended an event at his invitation, but he denied that it was anything more than a straightforward shooting weekend. In 1995, Epstein remained one, renamed one of his companies, the Ghislaine Corporation, based in Palm Beach, Florida. The company was dissolved in 1998. As a trained helicopter pilot, 
Maxwell also transported Epstein to his private Caribbean island. In 2008, Epstein was convicted of soliciting a minor for prostitution and served 13 months of an 18-month jail sentence. Following Epstein's release, although Maxwell continued to attend prominent social functions, she and Epstein were no longer seen together publicly. By late 2015, Maxwell had largely retreated from attending social functions. So you've got the civil cases and the accusations, and these are all directed her way. It's really interesting the way this whole thing continues to just spin. I mean, it's just like they have been covering up these names. They don't want you to know who and what this whole thing is about. There are too many names up there that have too much power. I mean, you're talking about everyone who is anybody. The Rothschild's name has been thrown around several times. So you know that this group, they run together just like all in all social circles. These are the horses they run with. And when you start looking at how how they go and the connections and it's all the way down from the royalty all the way down to prosecutors to William Barr and to others who were willing to do the dirty work it shouldn't surprise you why not one single John has been arrested at all they haven't been named they haven't been arrested you had the FBI doing the cleanup this is the most incredible story I think I've ever read so here you go. You've got Virginia Jufre versus Maxwell. Now, that one was filed in 2015. The details of a lawsuit made public in January 2015 contained a deposition from Jane Doe 3 that accused Maxwell of recruiting her in 1999 when she was just a minor and grooming her to provide sexual services for Epstein. In a 2018 expose by Julie K. Brown in the Miami Herald revealed that Jane Doe 3, her name was was revealed and it was Virginia uh, Giuffre, who was previously known as, as you know, Virginia Roberts. Giuffre met Maxwell at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club in Palm Beach, Florida when Giuffre was just 16 years old and she was a spa attendant. She asserted that Maxwell had introduced her to Epstein, after which she was groomed by the two of them for his pleasure, including lessons in Epstein's preferences during oral sex. I know it's really hard to to read some of this stuff, too. I know it's hard to hear it, but it's hard to read it as well. Maxwell has repeatedly denied any involvement in Epstein's crimes. In a 2015 statement, Maxwell rejected allegations that she has acted as a procurer for Epstein and denied that she had facilitated Prince Andrew, his alleged acts of sexual abuse. We know what went down. Her spokesperson said that the allegations made against Ghislaine Maxwell are untrue and that she strongly denies allegations of an unsavory nature, which have appeared in the British press and elsewhere, and reserves her right to seek 
redress and repudiation as the old defamatory claims. Now, Jeffrey asserted that Maxwell and Epstein have trafficked her and other underage girls, often at sex parties hosted by Epstein at his homes in New York, New Mexico, Palm Beach, and the United States Virgin Islands. Maxwell called her a liar. Jeffrey sued Maxwell for defamation in federal court in the Southern District of New York in 2015. While the details of the settlement have not been made public, in May 2017, the case was settled in Jeffrey's honor, with Maxwell paying Jeffrey millions. Sarah Ransom v. Epstein and Maxwell. Now, this case was filed in 2017. In 2017, Sarah Ransom, she filed a suit in the United States uh, District Court for Southern District of New York against Epstein and Maxwell, alleging that Maxwell hired her to give messages to Epstein and later threatened to physically harm her or destroy her career. Her, all of her prospects, I mean, this is the deal. If she did not comply with her sexual demands at his mansion in New York and on his private Caribbean island of Little St. James in the United States Virgin Islands. The suit was settled in 2018 under undisclosed terms. So gag orders all around. Affidavit was filed by Maria Farmer in 2019. So this next case was filed in 2019. Maria Farmer, on April 16, 2019, she went public and filed a sworn affidavit in federal court in New York, alleging that she and her 15-year-old sister, Annie, had been sexually assaulted by Epstein and Maxwell in separate locations in 1996. Farmer's affidavit was filed in support of a defamation suit by Virginia Jeffrey against Alan Dershowitz. According to the affidavit, Farmer had met Maxwell and Epstein at a New York art gallery reception in 1995. The affidavit says that in the summer of the following year, they hired her to work on an art project in Billionaire Businessman, Leslie Wexner's, you remember Victoria's Secret, right? Um, his Ohio mansion, where she was then sexually assaulted by both Maxwell and Epstein. Farmer, she reported the incident to the New York Police Department and the FBI. Her affidavit was, it also stated that during the same summer, Epstein flew her then 15-year-old sister, Annie, to his New Mexico property where he and Maxwell molested her on a massage table. Farmer was interviewed for CBS on November 2019, and the name of that show was CBS This Morning, where she detailed the 1996 assault and alleged that Maxwell had threatened both her career and her life after the assault. Kind of sounds like Hillary Clinton, does it not? So then you have got Jennifer Eros versus Epstein's estate, Maxwell, and Jane Doe's one through three. This one was filed in 2019. So you have on 
August 14, 2019, Jennifer Eros, she filed a lawsuit in New York County Supreme Court against Epstein's estate, Maxwell, and three unnamed members of his staff. The lawsuit was made possible under New York State's New Child Victims Act, which took effect on the same date. Eros also amended her complaint on October 8, 2019, with the names of previously unidentified women enablers to include Leslie Groff, Simberly Espinoza, and the late Rosalind Fontanilla. So that was amended, that complaint. Then you've got the case of Priscilla Doe versus Epstein's estate that was filed in 2019. Ghislaine Maxwell was named in one of three lawsuits filed in New York on August 20th, 2019 against the estate of Jeffrey Epstein. The woman filing the suit, identified as Priscilla Doe, claimed that she was recruited in 2006 and trained by Maxwell with step-by-step instructions on how to provide sexual services for Epstein. Annie Farmer v. Maxwell and Epstein's estate. This one was filed in 2019. Annie Farmer, represented by David Boyce, he, she went ahead and sued Maxwell and Epstein's estate. This is, of course, after he, you know, died, after he was murdered, let's be honest, in federal district court in Manhattan in November 2019, accusing him of rape, battery, and false imprisonment, and seeking unspecified damages. Jane Doe v. Maxwell and Epstein's estate, this one, this little number, was filed in 2020. In January 2020, a lawsuit was filed against Maxwell and Epstein, alleging that they recruited a 13-year-old music student. 13. 13! At Interlochen Center for the Arts in the summer of 1994 and subjected her to sexual abuse. The suit states that Jane Doe was repeatedly sexually assaulted by Epstein over a four-year period year period and that Maxwell played a key role in both her recruitment and by participating in the assaults. According to the lawsuit, Jane Doe was targeted by Epstein and Maxwell for being fatherless and from a struggling family in much of the same manner as many of the other alleged victims. Next case, you've got Maxwell v. Epstein's estate. You've got Darren K. Indyke and Richard D. Kahn and NES LLC. This one was filed in 2020. So on March 12, 2020, Maxwell filed a lawsuit in Superior Court in the U.S. Virgin Islands seeking compensation from Epstein's estate for her legal costs. Maxwell claimed that she had been a longtime employee of Epstein from 1998 to 2006, who had served to manage his property holdings in the U.S. Virgin Islands, New York, New Mexico, Florida, and Paris, while continuing to deny any knowledge or involvement in his criminal activities. According to the lawsuit, Maxwell was seeking damages for the legal fees associated with defending herself against her accusers, expenses that she claims Epstein had promised to cover for her. You would have thought that he would have had these things in order prior, wouldn't you? 
we found out that he was messing around with his will and everything else a few weeks before he was murdered. So no telling what the real story is there. All we can do is speculate at this point. But Maxwell did, did sue his estate. That's huge. Jane Doe v. Epstein's estate. This was filed in 2021. Maxwell was named in a civil suit filed against Epstein's estate in March 2021 by a Broward County woman who accused Epstein and Maxwell of trafficking her after repeatedly raping her in Florida in 2008. There was a dispute over the release of court documents. I'm going to give you a minute to follow our channel and we'll be back in just a second. See you in a sec. love my little tea buttons because that allows us all to get a sip of tea <laughs> in between these segments because as you know we have done this show and it has run for hours in the past we've gone as far as eight and a half hours without a break on this show I kid you not I mean seriously we, we've got the receipts you can go and look on rumble and you will see that we have had shows that have gone over eight hours once and then three minutes too and the show blew up it was the wildest thing ever I'll never get over that so we had to beat it and so we came back I don't know if it was the next week or a couple of weeks later we said you know what we're going to break that record let's just go ahead and do it we're not going to be doing that today <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let you know we're not going to be doing that today I've got all kinds of people in town but uh, yeah, this show definitely has run some serious marathons without breaks, without interruption, uh, without commercials, without anything. I mean, we're just kind of on our own over here doing our thing. All right, so here we go. We are now at the dispute over the release of the court documents. So on July 2nd, 2019, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit is ordered the unsealing of documents from the earlier civil suit against Maxwell by Virginia Giffray. Jeffrey Epstein was arrested on July 6, 2019, and this all happened at the New Jersey airport. He was charged with sex trafficking and sex trafficking conspiracy. Maxwell requested a hearing in a federal appeals court on July 17, 2019, in an effort to keep documents sealed that were part of a suit by Giffray. So on August 9th, 2019, the first batch of documents, they were unsealed and released from the earlier defamation suit by Giffray, and it was against Maxwell. Epstein was found dead on August 10th, 2019, after reportedly hanging himself in his Manhattan prison cell. Maxwell and her attorneys continued to argue against the further release of court documents in December 2019. Reuters confirmed on December 27, 2019, that Maxwell was under investigation 
by the FBI for facilitating Epstein's criminal activities. I don't know. When I see that she's under investigation, I almost wonder to myself automatically, okay, does that mean they're protection? Because that's how they roll these days. And that's what they do. They protect everybody in the upper echelon that was involved or intertwined in these two. So you have additional documents from Jeffrey and versus Maxwell defamation suit. They were released on July 30th, 2020. The documents included a deposition given by Jeffrey and more recent email exchanges between Maxwell and Epstein with some of the correspondence from 2015. On January 3rd, 2024, over 900 pages of previously sealed documents relating to Jeffrey's civil case against Maxwell were made public following litigation by the Miami Herald. Further documents were released on January 4th. Then you have the attempts to locate Maxwell to serve court documents. All right, this was an interesting little number. So on December 27th, 2019, Reuters reported that Maxwell was among those under FBI investigation for facilitating Epstein. After his arrest, Maxwell, in hiding, communicating with the courts only through her lawyers, who as of January 30th, 2020, had refused to accept on her behalf service of three lawsuits against her, You had the New York Slimes. They reported that by 2016, Maxwell was no longer being photographed at events. By 2017, her lawyers claimed before a judge that they did not know her address. They further stated that she was in London, but they did not believe that she had a permanent residence. Maxwell, she has a history of being unreachable during legal proceedings. Imagine that. During the lawsuit filed in 2017 from ransom against Maxwell, you had District Judge John G. Cotel, who granted the motion for an alternative service on the grounds that the plaintiff's efforts to reach Maxwell were persistently thwarted. These included hiring a private investigation firm that attempted service at three physical addresses, sending information to several email addresses, and reaching out to the lawyers actively representing Maxwell in another lawsuit who refused to become a general agent of process to relay the information to her. Well, according to the court documents, From a lawsuit filed by Epstein against Bradley Edwards, a representative for several of his accusers, in 2010, Maxwell had agreed to provide a deposition in the case, but reportedly had left the country one day before Edwards was scheduled to fly to New York to take her deposition, claiming she needs to return to the United Kingdom to be with her deathly ill mother, with no intention of returning to the United States. However, Maxwell returned within a month to attend Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Priorities, you know. So in January 2020, it was reported that Maxwell had refused to allow her lawyers to be served with several lawsuits in which she had been directly named. In 2019 and 2020, including one by Farmer and one by Era Oz, While Maxwell's lawyers continued to argue on her behalf, 
against the release of the additional court documents from the Jufre v. Maxwell lawsuit, they claimed to not know where she was or to have permission to accept the lawsuits filed against her. Authorities in the United States Virgin Islands, USVI, were unsuccessful in locating Maxwell during the three and a half months they were seeking to serve her with a subpoena. USVI prosecutors consider Maxwell to be a critical fact witness in their lawsuit against Epstein's estate. A court filing from the USVI Department of Justice released on July 10, 2020, stated that Maxwell was also under investigation for her alleged participation in Epstein's sex trafficking operation in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So here are the criminal charges. She was arrested and indicted. All right, so Maxwell faced persistent allegations of procuring and sexually trafficking underage girls for Epstein and others, other charges that she denied. Maxwell was arrested in Bradford, New Hampshire by the FBI on July 2nd, 2020. Though the use of an, it was through the use of an IMSI catcher or a Stingray mobile phone tracking device. It's a phone that was used by her to call one of her lawyers, her husband, Scott Borgeson, and her sister, Isabel. So basically she was tracked on one of these devices. You had the prosecutors who led by the United States District Attorney, Audrey Strauss, charged Maxwell with six federal crimes, including enticement of minors, sex trafficking of children, and perjury. The indictment charged that between 1994 and 1997, she assisted, facilitated, and contributed to the abuse of minor girls, despite knowing that one of the three unnamed victims was a 14-year-old. So as of April 28, 2021, Maxwell, she was held at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, New York, Lawyers requested that Judge Nathan release her on $5 million bond with a monitored home confinement while awaiting trial. Maxwell appeared by video link before a court in Manhattan on July 14, 2020 and pleaded not guilty to the charges. A naturalized U.S. citizen since 2002 who also holds passports from France and the United Kingdom Maxwell was was denied bail as a flight risk amid concerns regarding her completely opaque finances, her skill at living in hiding, and the fact that France does not extradite its citizens. The judge set a trial date of July 12, 2021. Maxwell's attorney reiterated her request for bail on December 18, 2020, and proposed that Maxwell reside with a friend in New York City while under 24-hour surveillance as she awaited trial. Her husband, Scott Borgerson, he made a secured offer of $22 million to guarantee her presence at future appearances on December 28, 2020, a a further request for bail was again rejected by the judge. Maxwell's bail request was opposed by alleged victim Annie Farmer. On January 19, 2021, 
a court hearing was disrupted by believers in, get this, QAnon, who believe that Maxwell to be working in cohort with a cabal of child-sacrificing Satanists, liberal elites who traffic children for sex as the proceedings were illegally live-streamed to YouTube. On January 26, 2021, a motion by Maxwell's attorney challenged her grand jury jury indictment, claiming that it did not reflect the ethnic diversity of the jurisdiction in which the violations of the law were alleged to have occurred. March 29, 2021, U.S. prosecutors added new charges of sex trafficking, a minor, and sex trafficking conspiracy, alleging that Maxwell was involved in child grooming, and a fourth girl, age 14, and wanted her to engage in sexual acts with Epstein between 2001 2004 at his residence in Palm Beach. Maxwell pleaded not guilty to the additional charges. She faced six counts, and that included sex trafficking of a minor and sex trafficking conspiracy in addition to two counts of perjury. Maxwell's attorneys regularly protested about the conditions of her confinement, which include being kept awake by a light shown in her eyes every 15 minutes to deter the chances of her committing suicide and being denied a sleep mask. Mm, bless her heart. One of David Marcus' protests, he said, there's no evidence she's suicidal. They're doing it because Jeffrey Epstein died on their watch and that she's not Jeffrey Epstein. This isn't right, is what he said. So, okay, first off, I don't know about you all, but I don't have 22 million <laughs> just laying around to uh, use as a guarantee for me to appear in court. I certainly uh, don't believe that if I were in this kind of uh, situation that that a you know, one of these um, eye patches would be in my demand list. (laughs) But hey, you know what? When you're paying this kind of money, I guess you can try. Welcome to prison. Hello. My gosh, you are a sex trafficker. This woman is an absolute monster. Seriously. She was the one that was coordinating everything. She's a complete narcissist. I'm reading you the story, but I'm also going to give you my views as we go along because it's outrageous that this is all she got. Seriously, and we were talking about a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about Epstein and, and her name came up about, do we even know if she's even in jail? I mean, with the way this FBI carries on and everything else, these sweetheart deals, I mean, she's probably in a country club somewhere. I mean, yeah, so a face, you know, a eye patch would be in order. Hello, you know, and where's that bill, that bell so that I can go ahead and ring for some tea? I mean, this is crazy stuff. This is crazy talk. So, yeah, you, you've got all of this. She's, she's definitely lived a completely different life than any of us. Let's just put it that way. So the sex trafficking trial. So in April 2021, U.S. District Court judge, you have Allison Nathan, ruled that Maxwell would face two separate trials, one for the sex trafficking charge and another for perjury. Nathan delayed the first trial to November 29th, 2021, after Maxwell's defense lawyers successfully argued that the new charges added in March 2021 did not give them enough time to prepare for trial. 
Maxwell appeared in court on November 15th, 2021. The trial commenced on the 29th of November with opening statements. Twelve jurors had been picked, plus six alternates, from a pool of 40 to 60 people. Psychology professor, you have Elizabeth Loftus. She was called as an expert witness for the defense and to provide testimony on false memory syndrome. Maxwell chose not to testify, telling the judge, Your Honor, the government has not proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt, so there is no need for me to testify. A spokesperson for Maxwell's family had previously said that she was too fragile to testify. Right. So in early December 2021, you have Twitter who suspended the account of at Tracker Trial, an account monitoring Maxwell's trial. The account was two weeks old and had 525,000 followers before its suspension. On December 28th, as the jury completed its fourth full day of deliberations, Judge Nathan said that she feared jurors and trial participants might become infected with COVID-19 and forced to quarantine, raising the possibility of a mistrial. She later said that she had extended the jury's hours between to 6 p.m. and would also have deliberations continue through the holiday weekend until the jury verdict was reached. So on the conviction... And this is the interesting part. Yes, she was convicted. On December 29th, 2021, Maxwell, she was found guilty and convicted by a jury in U.S. federal court on five sex trafficking related counts carrying a potential custodial sentence of up to 65 years imprisonment. One of sex trafficking of a minor, that's a maximum of 40 years, one of transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, that's 10 years, and then three of conspiracy to commit the choked felonies, and it's 15 years in total. Maxwell was acquitted on the charge of enticing a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Maxwell's family said that the appeal process had begun. The only witness to use her real name during her testimony was Annie Farmer. She spoke out after the trial saying, I hope that this verdict brings solace to all who need it. Even those with great power and privilege will be held accountable when they sexually abuse and exploit the young. Well, we're still waiting on that day. <clears throat> I can tell you that right now. We, we don't have the Johns. We, we do not have that black book they're just holding all of this evidence or it has been destroyed everybody is sitting there going okay let's go fbi but as soon as they got onto epstein island everybody felt the same way there goes the evidence there it is there it went no one trusts this fbi why should we at this point why would we so you have got a retrial that was sought um, on the grounds that a juror did not disclose during jury selection that he had been sexually abused as a child. He had shared a narrative, right, that of that abuse with other jurors during the proceedings. 
On April 1st, 2022, the judge found that the juror's failure to disclose his abuse as a child did not warrant a new trial and dismissed Maxwell's request to set aside the verdict. On June 28th, 2022, Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Prosecutors were seeking a sentence of at least 30 years. She complained of threats coming from jail staff in the days prior to sentencing, but gave no details about the nature of these threats. Although she had been placed on suicide watch June, on June 24th, she told the psychiatric team that she was not suicidal. A related request by her lawyers for a sentencing delay was denied. She appealed the conviction on July 7th, and on July 25th, 2022, Maxwell was transferred from the Metropolitan Detention Center, Brooklyn, to a low-security federal prison for female inmates at FCI Tallahassee. In August 2022, her former lawyer sued Maxwell, alleging that she failed to pay $878,000 in legal fees. I bet that legal bill was an absolute doozy. You can only imagine what was spent leading up to all of this. The perjury trial. Well, Maxwell faces a second criminal trial for perjury on two charges that she lied under oath during a civil suit in 2015 about Epstein's abuse of underage girls. Each count carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Prosecutors have said that perjury charges will be brought if she is sentenced on schedule. Following a petition for a new trial submitted under seal, you have prosecutors who told the judge on February 4th, 2022, that Maxwell's arguments for a retrial must be publicly docketed and that the judge said the reasons for making the submission under seal must be made public. So you have the Terra Mar project, and these are some of the things that she has been involved in. It was in 2012, this was the Terra Mar Project. Maxwell funded this project and she founded it. It was a nonprofit organization that advocated the protection of oceans. She gave a lecture for Terra Mar at the University of Texas at Dallas, and she also did a TED Talk on it, okay? At TEDx Charlottesville, this happened and took place in 2014. Maxwell accompanied Stuart Beck, a 2013 Terra Mar board member, to two United Nations meetings to discuss the project. The Terra Mar project announced its closure on July 12, 2019, less than a week after the charges of sex trafficking brought by New York federal prosecutors against Epstein became public, an associated UK-based company, Terramar UK, listed Maxwell as the, as the director. The application for the United Kingdom organization to be closed was made on September 4th, 2019, with the first notice in the London Gazette made on September 17th, 2019. The company, Terramar UK, was listed as officially dissolved on December 3rd, 2019. 
personal life. So since at least 1997, Maxwell, she has maintained a residence in Belgravia, London. In 2000, Maxwell, she moved to a 7,000 square foot townhouse on East 65th Street, New York City, fewer than 10 blocks from Epstein's mansion. Just right there, their neighbors. You have Maxwell's townhouse. It was purchased for $4.95 million by an anonymous limited liability company with an address that matches the office of J. Epstein and Company. Representing the buyer was Darren Indyke, Epstein's longtime lawyer. In April 2016, the property was sold for $15 million dollars. During her personal and professional involvement with Epstein, Maxwell was romantically linked to linked for several years to Ted Waite, founder of Gateway Computers. She attended the wedding of Chelsea Clinton in 2010 as Waite's guest. Maxwell helped Waite obtain and renovate a luxury yacht, the Plan B, and used it for travel to France and Croatia before their relationship ended in late 2010 or early 2011. On August 15, 2019, reports surfaced that Maxwell had been living in Manchester-by-the-Sea in Massachusetts. In the home of Scott G. Borgerson, a Council on Foreign Relations fellow in residence since 2007, who in October 2020, due to publicly the publicity that surrounded Maxwell, set, he had to step down as CEO of Cargo Matrix, a hedge fund that he had founded. Maxwell and Borgerson, they were described as having been in a romantic relationship for seven years. Locals in the town of Manchester-by-the-Sea said that Maxwell had kept a low profile, went by G instead of her first name, and had been seen on several occasions walking her dog along the beach. So Borgeson and Maxwell, they filed documents in Massachusetts land court about Borgeson's residence known as the Fippen House during a civil dispute with neighbors regarding a rescinded access rights to the larger Shark's Mouth estate in 2019. A neighboring property manager, they attested that Maxwell and Borgerson were living together at the property in question. Others have said that they have been seen repeatedly running together in the mornings. Borgerson stated that in August of 2019 that Maxwell was not currently living at the home and that he did not know where she was. On August 15, 2019, the New York Post published photographs of Maxwell dining at a fast food restaurant in Los Angeles, claiming that the Post found the socialite hiding in plain sight at the least likely place imaginable, a fast food joint in Los Angeles. I believe that that was at an In-N-Out Burger, as I recall. The photos were later proven to have been taken at a meeting with Maxwell's friend and attorney, Leah Safian, who also gave other pictures to the Daily Mail. Maxwell moved to a remote 156-acre property in Bradford, New Hampshire in late 2019, where she used former British military personnel as personal security until her arrest in July 2020. 
At the time of her arraignment, federal prosecutors stated that Maxwell was married, that she did not disclose the identity of her spouse or their respective finances. In December 2020, it emerged that she had married Borgeson in 2016. So that's what I have on the background of Madame Maxwell. Uh, quite, quite the, I wouldn't call her a lady. I mean, she's quite the madam. I mean, this is what she did. She ran things. She absolutely was his right hand and made the arrangements for him. He considered her to be his best friend. They lived right down the street from one another. These two were completely in cahoots. There's no question about it. So that's a little bit about the background of her. It's really interesting when we get to kind of deep dive and see a timeline of how the whole thing went down. But yes, I I think there's going to be even more than what you see. I I think this story is far from over. I'd like to hear your thoughts too. If you want to drop something in chat or in the comments after the show, I love to read what you have to say about the show. It helps me. It really does. This show is so completely different than the one that I do Monday through Friday with the deep dives and everything. We try to mix things up and keep them fun because we start going down these rabbit holes and we never know where we're going to end up. And so I've got an awesome team that helps me with that. So that's the background for you on Madam Maxwell. Now we're going to get into a lot of the details. So we're going to continue to spill this tea. Okay, so the first one is in from the Gateway Pundit, and here is the verdict and how this whole thing went down. All right, so this particular article, it was written in December, it was December 19th, 2021, and it's from Julian Conranson from the Gateway Pundit, almost three years after Jeffrey Epstein's mysterious death, while not in jail, (laughs) Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, For his arrest on child sex trafficking charges, the federal criminal trial of, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell, his confidant and apparent partner who would help him find, groom, and abuse girls should be coming to an end. Well, it did. And so we read all of the linkage here. You have Maxwell who denied all of the six charges linked to grooming the underage girls for abuse by the late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. However, the source said that if she is convicted and faced up to 70 years, she might cooperate with the U.S. government in exchange for a reduced sentence or better jail conditions. Well, as you all know, she has been moved to a different facility. So she's already gotten half of that deal already, right? So then you've got it could be bad news for Prince Andrew. Oh, yeah, it is bad news for Prince Andrew there is no question about it he's you know he is completely loathed in the UK everybody knows what he is depending on who you talk to it really doesn't matter what anybody's political preference are everybody looks at this guy and they go okay you're a pedophile there is no question about it you've got the picture that's been running around 
of Virginia Giuffray. They deny that it's real. However, everybody has said, no, it's absolutely real. And then to add insult to injury, one thing happened. You had Maxwell, who like did the most unbelievable thing. She put a picture of Virginia Giuffray's face in a bathtub and then one of Epstein's face in a bathtub to try to prove that it was impossible, the allegations that were being made. However, I mean, it wasn't Epstein, it was, it was Prince Andrew. They thought that they were going to help the case. Well, it only ended up hurting the case because those two sitting in a tub proved absolutely the opposite, that it could have happened the way she described was really something else. I was watching and, and looking for some of that stuff last night, and I was just blown away by how she thought that that was helping him. So this makes, this case in particular, makes a lot of people high in government, high in, you know, different aspects, you know, around the globe, extremely nervous. You've got Ghislaine Maxwell trial evidence from Jeffrey Epstein's safe. It went missing following the FBI raid. I do have that raid when they actually went into the island. And it's it's just unbelievable to see them, you know, going on in. You've got the island and everything else. I mean, here's here is the FBI. This is an you know, an inside edition where they're talking about how they went on to the island, what they were able to find. Again, they tried to tie President Trump into the whole thing. It did not work. Not at all. It absolutely did not work. So President Trump was actually cleared. Everything they try to get on him doesn't happen. Here's the FBI raid, just so everybody can see it. This is actually at the island itself. You can see where they start putting the cardboard over the windows because, ooh, we don't want people to see what we're doing in here. So you can kind of peek into the windows and you can see when they went in, they raided. A lot of this evidence they've been sitting on, they claim it's disappeared. We certainly don't have the client list. None of these people have been brought to justice, those that participated on the island. The flight logs still in question. We're slowly but surely getting all of this information. I mean, the way this is going, we're going to find out, you know, just like we did with Kennedy that he was assassinated as well. It's gonna be the exact same thing. It's kinda of like they wanted to do COVID with you too. You remember COVID, right? They, they didn't want you to know what the ingredients they were forcing you to put into your body for 72 years. And you were just supposed to take their word for it while they experimented on you. Who did they have the right to decide what we get to see and what we do not get to see, especially when it comes to our own health? Well, again, they, there's a lot they don't want you to know. There's a lot of things that are happening in the background. And this particular video, just so everybody knows, this account, Rusty Shackelford, okay, it used to be a prominent account on YouTube. And this person did all of the drone footage of the island and everything else. And there were a lot of, of big conglomerate, you know, newspapers etc that were covering his drone footage and then all of a sudden one day his account just disappeared uh, YouTube took it off and I had to go into the way back machine in order to find a lot of this stuff because they have made sure that you don't get to see it here they are with the cardboard again just so you can see kind of like when they were counting our votes mm, remember when the Democrats wouldn't let us see 
uh, the counting. They didn't want that kind of transparency when they stole uh, the 2020 election. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, same exact thing. So there you have that. So we're going to go back on in to Ghislaine Maxwell. So you have the trial evidence and the safe, the, the evidence from Jeffrey Epstein's safe. It went missing following the FBI raid. So in July 2019, the FBI raided Jeffrey Epstein's home in New York City. The FBI agents found some, no, that was them raiding the island, just so you know, uh, Epstein Island. This is when they actually raided the New York City home. They found damning information and evidence throughout his seven-story residence. The evidence included numerous black binders with white labels that had clear pages containing thumbnail photos with CDs attached. The FBI agents also found several items in a safe, including binders with CDs, various items of jewelry, external hard drives, loose diamonds, large amounts of U.S. currency, and passports. Why diamonds? Okay, so here's why. You can easily carry them in your pocket, and if you have to flee, for whatever reason, they use that as currency so that they can cash in depending on where they go. It's very easy to move. It goes undetected. That's why. That's how it works. So whenever you see diamonds and passports, you can go ahead and make that association. This is in case I have to flee because I have a reason to, okay? (laughs) It's just so we're clear here. All right, so the FBI later said that the evidence in the safe went missing. Chris Ray's FBI said that they went back a few days later and that the evidence had disappeared. Poof, we just don't know. It's kind of like those Twitter files. I had no idea. Kind of the fact that, you know, hey, they were all telling us that this virus came from the Wuhan lab until, and we were the ones that said uh, it came from the lab. It didn't come from the wet market. And he's now on record saying that, oh, yeah, maybe they were right. Those conspiracy theories, hmm could be proven true. Of course it came from a lab. It's the exact same game. These these people really think we're stupid. They they really think we have zero intelligence. So you have, this is the same FBI that ran a coup against a sitting president based on the completely made up opposition party nonsense that wants the American public to believe that the Epstein evidence that went missing and it had nothing to do with it. The same FBI that raided hundreds of homes of U.S. patriots with dozens of armed agents this year for walking inside or near the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, they want you to believe they had nothing to do with this missing evidence after they were the last ones to see it. This is the same group, the same FBI, that wants you to believe that Antifa is just an idea, but that Trump supporters and conservatives working Americans are domestic terrorists. They want you to believe that they did not disappear the evidence, Epstein's evidence. Yeah, right. So the FBI that went inside his home and took photos but did not confiscate the evidence Really? They just left it there on site? What could go wrong, they said? Hmm. Everything. Are you buying this? I'm certainly not. 100% not. I do not have any trust at all in the FBI. None. Zero. It's like, you know, gas station sushi for me. Not buying it. Not believing any of that stuff. So here you've got the developing story of... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, she's found guilty, of course, in the Epstein 
tra trafficking case and the details of course were sealed by the judge we went through all of that she was found guilty of the five and six counts but the fact that they were sealed is unbelievable. Maxwell, she worked as Epstein's pimp for years, and the DOJ knew that they were running girls as young as 12, kind of like the gymnast. Do you remember that whole story, too? Yeah, the FBI, they completely covered for that pedophile, too, just like social media does. It's the exact same concept. I don't know what is wrong with this upside down world, but I cannot wait until it gets back on its axis because this whole thing doesn't even make sense to anybody. You have Maxwell who pleaded not guilty to the charges stemming from her role as Epstein's madam from 1994 to 2004. Well, now she's in a, a comfy jail somewhere. I'm sure she has her eye patch now or possibly those lights are no longer shining in her eyes. No need to be upset. Ghislaine Maxwell trying to use Clinton connection to get a lower sentence. Yes, that happened. She was trying to use her tie to the Clinton Foundation to get only four years for trafficking underage girls. She even said she helped launch the Clinton Global Initiative. Yeah, that was Ghislaine Maxwell. She used her connections to Bill Clinton in an effort to get herself a lower sentence for trafficking underage girls for Epstein. The disgraced socialite pointed to her work for the former president's philanthropic endeavors three times as she argued that she could, she could just serve four years in jail at her sentencing, and this was the sentencing on June 28th. Maxwell claimed that helping launch the Clinton Global Initiative, the CGI, demonstrated that she has a desire to do good in the world. <laughs> okay, for those of us that know the history of Clinton, which we'll probably get into here too, just because we probably may need a refresher course. I don't know. She looks like she's eyeing Joe Biden's seat to me. I don't know about any of you, but she would love to make a new entrance in this political uh, you know, this uh, presidential campaign, I think. I don't know. I was talking to uh, Proudly Deplorable about it last night in a text, and he was like, you know, it's just not too late for that old bird. Don't, don't write her off yet. So Maxwell, who was 60, she was sentenced, of course. She was found guilty of trafficking and sexually abusing underage girls last December. You had the New York Post that reported that Jeffrey Epstein visited the White House at least 17 times in the early years of President Bill Clinton's administration, according to a new report published Thursday. Visitor logs show that the wealthy con convicted pedophile who died from an apparent suicide in his jail cell in 2019, even visited the Clinton White House twice on the same day, three different times. In one visit on September 29th, 1993, Epstein attended an event where he and his alleged Madame Ghislaine Maxwell, they were photographed alongside Clinton after the financier donated $10,000 to help renovate the building. It is not clear if Epstein, who killed himself in his jail cell in 2019, <clears throat> did not kill himself, actually met or interacted with Clinton during the other visits, and the former president wasn't in the building for at least a few of Epstein's trips there. This is according to the mail. 
So that's why you've got these publications, Murdoch publications like the New York Post who says, "Mm, after after he killed himself, I'm not buying that one single little bit. So then you have this story that came out. This is from the Western Journal. Ghislaine Maxwell, she was sentenced, of course. Um, It was lowered by 10 years. Judge says that five of the guilty counts were repetitive. So they're going ahead and they're taking those those years off. Before you know it, she'll be out in Paris, right? I mean, she will just be strolling the boulevard like nobody's business and buying a new home. Who knows? After losing her fight to have her convictions overturned for her role in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking operation, but at least getting 10 years knocked off of her potential maximum sentence, Ghislaine Maxwell was moved out of solitary confinement. She has been sent to Tallahassee, as you all know, in a minimum, you know, prison there. So she's already gotten everything that she wanted in this whole deal. They just want to make sure that you aren't following and and making sure that you're up to date on how this whole thing went from one, you know, outcome in the courts to exactly what she wanted to begin with. She finally has access to things that she did not have for almost two years. Mm, Well, being a pedophile, a sex trafficker, and a madam kind of has that effect, right? I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. Starting with human company. This is according to her brother, Ian Maxwell. He told this to the UK Telegraph. The prison guards were told not to talk to her. She has had no human interaction, and she has had no human company. Well, by design, hello, I mean, if you're trafficking young kids and you are bringing them and you're using them as a madam, you shouldn't have contact with anyone. You're a monster. Hello, what part did you not understand? I don't get it. I really, I really don't get these people. I'm sure you don't either. Epstein's victims will face Ghislaine Maxwell. It was at a sentencing and bless all of these girls. Seriously. Um... You've got the victims, Annie Farmer and, of course, Virginia Giffray and Kate, a former model. They have been permitted to read the victim impact statements to the court. I'm sure it had a lot to do with their healing, too. You had Annie Farmer's older sister, Maria, and victim Sarah Ransom and Teresa Helm, Elizabeth Stein, and Juliet Bryant, who were also in the courtroom, and they submitted their written statements so she, they were all able to go and address her. Elon Musk said here, he said, only thing more remarkable that, than DOJ not linking, leaking the list is that no one in the media cares. Doesn't that seem odd? Things I'll never see in my life. And here you have the Epstein-Maxwell client list. Still, many believe that Maxwell has become the fall guy for a larger group of wealthy socialites, public figures, and elected officials who engage in the sex trafficking ring with Epstein. They have called for their records and alleged client lists to be released, and as you all know, we're still calling for those to be released. 
Then you have Ghislaine Maxwell. Of course, she was sentenced to 20 years in prison in the Epstein sex trafficking case. Those numbers are starting to dwindle. You have Ghislaine Maxwell fired by lawyers for failing to pay nearly 900000 in legal fees. This is the backup to what I was telling you about earlier. No telling what those amounts actually ended up being. And I've been looking for a number and I don't see what she paid in lawyers since this whole thing begin but I can tell you one thing the lawyers made out like a bandit no question about it so that you know of course I good luck getting paid then you have Ghislaine Maxwell she speaks from prison says woman plotted to kill her in her sleep so she poked her little head out there and she spoke out for the first time in prison in an interview with Daphne Barak author and filmmaker for the mail and she basically said that somebody is trying to kill her she said staring at the camera Ghislaine Maxwell she strikes a defiant pose here from prison this is a picture of her in this world you've got this then she goes on despite her claims about appalling conditions in the U.S. jails the disgraced daughter of the late tycoon Robert Maxwell appears healthy and even wears a touch of makeup the image was taken earlier this year inside the Metropolitan Detention Center. That was when she was in New York, where Maxwell claims that a fellow inmate plotted to murder her as she slept. It comes in stark contrast to the first shot of her from behind bars above, which emerged. This was from April 2021, and it shows a bruise. It showed a bruise under her eye. That bruise again. Yeah, it's interesting, that bruise. A lot of people have done a lot of research on those bruises and those black eyes with some of the politicians. A lot of them, notable ones, have been seen wearing them. So that photo was sent to a judge by her legal team to back complaints about her treatment. It was a claim that she may have received the bruise while shielding her eyes with a sock or towel at night when the guards shone a light on her every 15 minutes to ensure that she was breathing. She tells me it's still jail. It's very far from the cushy country club as I, as I have seen it reported. You're locked up the entire time when they do let you out for an hour. There's not a chair for everybody in the communal space and there's no way to watch TV. Of course, a few, if any, will have sympathy for a woman dubbed a monster for her role recruiting teenage girls for her former lover and confidant a disgraced financier, Jeffrey Epstein. This is just amazing. I mean, th these people are used to a life of privilege, though, so anything that isn't that is just torture for them. So Ghislaine Maxwell reportedly thrown into solitary confinement after saying Epstein was murdered. They wanted to stop all of that. So they threw her into the sol into solitary confinement. She protested her innocence, what but was marched off to the Special Housing Unit, SHU, a prison within a prison comprising of tiny grim cells where you have inmates who are locked up for 23 hours at a time and fed through slits in a door. The news outlet quoted unnamed insiders as saying that the inmate knew that they know as Max was just minding her own business when they came in, turned her around, and handcuffed her. 
She got really upset. She was crying. She was yelling that she hadn't received any money, but nobody saw her again for three days. So then you had the shoe is not a nice place. It's like a little box and you're only allowed out to shower once a day. There's no contact from anyone, no privileges. They just slide your meals through a slot. Well, according to the report, Maxwell's interview, which aired on January 23rd on Talk TV, it would have violated the terms of her 20-year federal prison sentence if she received payment for her appearance. Believe me, they figured something else out. Also in question was how the interview was obtained as federal prison number 02879-509. She is permitted video calls with only those family members and friends on a list of approved by the federal prison according to a report. So here's the deal. Again, you know, they try to say, oh, she's in prison. You know, she's getting everything that she deserves and yet she's giving interviews. Okay, this is why I say, I don't even know if she's in there. Honestly, at this point, I believe nothing. (laughs) I believe absolutely zero um, until I'm actually looking at that person behind, you know, bars and everything else because I believe nothing that they report anymore. Not not my sources here, but I'm just saying the lamestream media and the jails and everything else. How in the world was she able to give an interview? And when you start talking about her horrific conditions, okay, a couple of weeks back, I did the January 6th you know, and it was a show on January 6ers who we dedicated it to. And let me tell you right now, that was one of the worst situations. <laughs> Those conditions of the January 6ers are worse than anything I have ever seen in my life. When I was finished with that show, reporting on all of that, what they have gone through and everything else, I it took me days to get over it. I still go back to it. And think to myself, my goodness, these people are still suffering. They are still suffering. They were begging to go to Guantanamo Bay, to Gitmo. They, they said, hey, look, they treat terrorists better than they are treating us. And it's true. The videos that were smuggled out of there were like nothing I've ever seen before. I, I was so disgusted. Some of them I could not even finish. It was so bad. So this is my point. This person has now been moved to a minimum, you know, minimum prison, and it's nothing like what our January Sixers have gone through. So it's horrible to even read that. When you see things like that, you just go, no, this is a two-tier justice system, and it's bad. So prison Karen Ghislaine Maxwell has lodged more than 400 complaints against FCI Tallahassee, but a DOJ OIG report now validates many of her claims. So she says that FCI Tallahassee is not a club fed. First naysayers said that Ghislaine Maxwell would never be arrested or prosecuted. When she was, they were quick to assure us that she should never be convicted. When the jury found her guilty of sex trafficking, we were told she'd get sentenced to a slap on the wrist when she got a 20 years in prison, insistent naysayers guaranteed that she would be sent to some club fed. And yet they were wrong again. Sure enough, Maxwell's crimes of conviction means that she was going to a minimum security facility, 
But FCI Tallahassee is all about accounts, a tough, grim place. Now, this is according to the Gateway Pundit. A investigation by DOJ Office of the Inspector General, OIG, revealed that rotting food, rodent infestations, and walls smeared with filth during an unannounced visit early in the year. It's a place where ceilings and windows need to be plugged with feminine hygiene products to prevent leaks, where staff use insulting and derogatory terms. It's filled with contraband, including cigarettes, vapes, opioids, and synthetic cannabis substitutes k2 and spice the report rates the facility as high risk on the positive side the inspector said that they did not see any evidence of widespread sexual abuse this is more than a year in the florida prison you have maxwell has filed so many grievances that fellow inmates dubbed her the prison karen so The Daily Mail reported that they observed moldy bread being served as well as discolored and rotting vegetables in a food preparation refrigerator at the female prison. In the food shortage warehouses, we likely we found likely evidence of rodent droppings as well as bags of cereal with insects in them and warped food containers, report the notes. It goes on to say we also found the female housing unit roofs routinely leak and that all five general population housing unit roofs need to be replaced. Many female inmates living in housing units in which water frequently leaks from ce- from ceilings and windows or or near their living spaces. We observed housing areas in which feminine hygiene products were being used to absorb water from leaking windows, an electrical outlet that appeared to have fire damage, a sink that was detached from the wall, and a black substance on walls and ceilings. Additionally, we observed worn bedding, rusted inmate storage lockers, and an unlocked supply closet. The understaffed health unit means staff are slow to dole out drugs such as insulin. The security around the perimeter is very flawed, not enough security cameras, and a lack of to search in inmates who went outside to do landscaping work close to the fence. The outer perimeter is enclosed behind a short fence. It's a single fence, large portions of which are easily accessible to the public from a municipal park. From such a location, individuals could easily throw contraband into the prison property for inmates to collect and bring back into the institution, the report notes. FCI Tallahassee staff told us that these inmates are not routinely searched when they re-enter the institution, affording them the opportunity to introduce contraband, including drugs and nuanced contraband, such as, you know, cigarettes and vape devices into the female prison. So the Federal Bureau of Prisons responded to the OIG report by taking several steps to enhance operations. This comes as it was revealed that Maxwell has lodged no less than 400-plus petty complaints during her stint in custody, and the OIG report arguably validates a good deal of these complaints. So she's busy. She's busy, busy being Karen. Then we have got Ghislaine Maxwell. She wants 
to use accuser's overdose death to validate her appeal while she represents herself in suit demanding millions from Epstein's estate. So this was filed, this uh, article was written on November 1st, 2023. She was born, of course, with a silver spoon. I mean, you heard about the 58-room mansion and everything else, and you heard about the Lady Ghislaine, the yacht in which that she, you know, would travel and she hung out all the time, where her father actually died also, and it was not suicide as well. But here's a pretty little picture of that yacht, just just so everybody understands. Like, this is what we're dealing with here. All right, here is Lady Ghislaine. This is the yacht where she partied. It had a disco, it had the sauna, it had the steam room, it had the, you know, all, all the, the whirlpool, all, the pool, all of that stuff was on the Lady Ghislaine. And this is where she, you know, hung out. So I'm sure it's not exactly what she wants. So born with a silver spoon in her mouth, the daughter of media baron Robert Maxwell spent most of her adult years as a sidekick to the multimillionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, a life of luxury by all accounts. Nowadays, Ghislaine Maxwell is another inmate at at FCI Tallahassee, where she is serving a 20-year sentence. Uh, There, she spends a good part of the time worrying and planning her appeal and other lawsuits that she's involved with. So it emerged earlier this month that one of four victims who testified against her in court, mother of five, Carolyn Andriano, had died of a drug overdose in a Florida hotel room. 36-year-old Andriano suffered a fentanyl and prescription drugs overdose in May, but her death was only publicly known in recent days. She claimed to be drug-free during Maxwell's 2021 criminal trial. A source said that Carolyn's death could be hugely significant because if Ghislaine is granted the right to a new trial, there will be a huge legal argument about whether Carolyn's previous testimony is admissible. This has significantly boosted Ghislaine's chances of gaining her freedom. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. While Miss Andriano, she took the stand anonymously, giving powerful testimony that she was groomed by Maxwell and and at 14 was abused by pedophile Jeffrey Epstein more than 100 times. She waived her anonymity after the case and that was a and also did an interview with the daily mail maxwell's lawyers will seek to use the death of andriano during her appeal which could come to the court as early as december the source added that there's no doubt caroline that she had this tragic life she was abused by epstein and other men because her drug use could become a huge issue she claimed to be sober when she gave evidence it's significant because at least one of the jurors said that her testimony convinced them to convict Ghislaine. so this is not the only judicial matter matter as you know that she's involved in it's really true she's got a whole list of them here She's also seeking millions of dollars from Jeffrey Epstein's estate to cover her legal fees, security costs, and other expenses that she claims to have been caused by her relationship with Epstein. Yeah, blame the dead guy. She also is being forced to represent herself in ongoing legal dispute with Epstein's estate. 
the you have Inside Edition, and I played some of their footage a little bit earlier. The incarcerated sex offender writes that she is unable to find a lawyer willing to represent her at this time and will be appearing pro se until she does. In response to status hearings filed in Virgin Islands and obtained by those on Inside Edition Digital. She is responding to the estate of Jeffrey Epstein, asking the judge to dismiss her case. The plaintiff is seeking new counsel as she is aware it is preferable for all parties to be represented for evidentiary and for judicial economy. And this is according to Maxwell in her response to the judge. Plaintiff faces challenges in finding new counsel. Well, she didn't pay her last bill, almost a million dollars. Can see why people would be a little skeptical. A little shady there on her. So you've got as many potential candidates are conflicted and the plaintiff is facing financial constraints. Well, she had $22 million that her husband was going to go ahead to make sure that she was able to roam free. She's got some money. Don't question that even for a second. She's got a lot of money. She's just not going to disclose it. The estate asked the judge to dismiss the proceedings over what they allege was Maxwell's failure to prosecute. Maxwell's counsel withdrew from his representation over one year ago, and since that time, this case has lain, it has lain dormant. So through though the courts have granted her ample time to find new counsel and ordered her to do so, Maxwell has not done so. The Epstein estate's motion reads, additionally... To the extent Maxwell is unable to retain new counsel, nothing precludes her from litigating her claims pro se, but she has thus far declined to do so. According to the court that they should dismiss Maxwell's complaint, it has been nearly four years since she filed her lawsuit. She receives regular threats to her life and safety, which have required her to to hire personal security services and find safe accommodations. Now, that was what the uh, the lawsuit originally claimed. So this is part of that case, and she continues to incur significant legal fees. Right now, she's just serving time. Now, a lot of people during this time, just so you know, it's not uncommon for people to go ahead and drop lawyers because as things come in, you get into something called motion wars, and you can go back and forth, back and forth, answering just really silly basic stuff that you could answer yourself and so a lot of people opt to do that instead of just running up these bills and it forces the other side to come to the table because they generally have more funds than somebody in this position however she has got so much but she's not going to disclose it so it's almost like she's got herself in a little trick box here she's smart don't get me wrong. So I'm sure she's doing a lot of the work, if any. I mean, those complaints about the jail, she's doing most of the stuff herself now. Plus, I'm sure it's keeping her busy. I mean, she's got to keep up her reputation for being the Karen, right, of inmates. So the convicted sex trafficker, Ghislaine Maxwell, she broke her silence on Epstein's associate list release. She blames gender inequality. It's about men abusing women for years, she says. Yet only a woman is jailed. Mm, we're supposed to feel sorry for her now. So during a recent interview by her attorney, you had Ghislaine Maxwell, the former socialite. She's got her 20-year sentence for her role in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking case. Well, she breaks her silence. 
Her remarks, they, they happened before a significant court document released expected to name over 100 individuals connected to Epstein. So the order referenced a document number 1319. It was entered on January 3rd, 2024. And you have this judge, Judge Loretta A. Preska, she issued the new order. So on December 18th, you have Judge Preska ruled to disclose certain names associated with the Epstein case. She initially provided a 14-day period for any affected individuals to file appeals. Two individuals known in the court documents as Doe 107 and Doe 110 have since made appeals. Doe 107 has been granted an extension until January 22, 2024 to provide evidence supporting her claim that the unsealing of documents would pose a physical security physical threat to her this extension is documented in entry 1318 the court records the inquiry from joe 110 is currently under the court's review so apart from the documents concerning doe 107 and doe 110 the order states that other unsealed records as outlined in the december 18th order will begin to be filed by the involved parties later on so you've got author Adalia Maxwell's legal representative conveyed her sentiments on News Nation's Cuomo crying about the gender dynamics involved in the scandal. Maxwell herself, she refrained from commenting directly on the impending unmasking of associates, but instead chose to blame what she perceived as a gender-based disparity in accountability. So you've got author... Adelia, who says she's got, I don't think she has anything to talk about except maybe that if you look at this crime, this overall crime, it's about men abusing women for a long period of time. A lot of men. That is where we're, while we're waiting for this list, there's only one person in jail, a woman. It's not one guy behind bars for all of these crimes. Well, here's the thing. If they would go ahead and start arresting some of those people that they know were there, the Johns that were in the black book. I mean, that would be one thing, but they're not. There hasn't been anyone arrested to date. So she, you know, of course, now she's saying, hey, why? Why am I the only one? Why am I the only one in jail? Hello, you're the fall guy. So, I mean, you just told me you, you talked to Ghislaine almost every week. You know, is, is she going to start talking? No, 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 no. Well, she's got, I don't think she has anything to talk about, except maybe that if you look at this crime, this overall crime, it's all about men abusing women for a long period of time, a lot of men. That's what we're waiting for this list. And there's only one person in jail, a woman. Hmm. It's not one guy behind bars for all of these yeah, crimes, this brought, sex tracking. She brought thing. him the women, the, well, the girl. I should well, say women, first young all, girls, right? First of all, she is absolutely unequivocally denying all of that. She always has. And what's interesting is the woman with it was this lawsuit surrounding, this list is coming out, who you just heard Professor Dershowitz speaking about, Virginia Jufre. She didn't testify at the trial. She didn't testify in the trial, the criminal trial, uh, against Ghislaine Maxwell. So, um, no, Ms. Maxwell's got nothing to say to anyone. She's had 
ample opportunity. She's been in prison for quite some time now. It's not a pleasant place to be. She's had ample time to come out and speak, but she's got nothing to speak why of. She, it just seems like she's so loyal to him. Like, why not I don't think she's naming names? I don't think she's loyal to him. I think she's loyal to herself. I think she's loyal to the facts. I think she's loyal to the truth. And look, I was a prosecutor. I was a criminal. I am a criminal defense attorney. A lot of these cases take on lives of their of their their own, and people start believing things that aren't true. Regarding this list, I could see people running amok because there are going to be names there that are just witnesses. Like, oh, that person may have been in this place at that time, or like with President Clinton, they're saying, yeah, he flew to Paris with Jeffrey Epstein. That doesn't mean he did anything wrong, as you heard Dershowitz said in the videos you showed. You know, Epstein ran in, in the wildest of circles, from the president of the United States to the president of Harvard University. That's why I feel and, like she knows everything. I mean, you know. Well, but they're, they're, listen, there may not be as much to know as everyone thinks it is. It may, it, it, this case may not have been what everybody thinks it really was. Um, she is, her appeal is going to be argued sometime in the late uh, winter, early spring, where my firm will be arguing it. And, um, you know, she has a really great shot at, at an appeal. Part of which you, you mentioned in the last segment with the prosecutor, you know, there was a, a document that Jeffrey Epstein signed when he took that plea saying neither him nor anyone around him could be prosecuted for these crimes. And basically, the United States of America said, now we're going to rip up that agreement and we're going to still go after Helene Maxwell only after Jeffrey Epstein was dead. And they, were, they couldn't go after him anymore, but there was so much hype Do around this. They had to go after someone and they went after the only woman in the case. Do you think Epstein really killed himself? That's a great question. Um, I don't know Jeffrey that well. I happen to see, I mean, I don't know him at all, I should say. I happened to see him two days before he died in, the, in, the, in prison. Um, you went to see him? I didn't see him. I was, see, I was visiting another inmate okay. who was right next to him, another detainee, who was literally right next to him. And he was there, he looked fine. Um, I think when he heard that he was denied bail for the second time, and I think the reality of he wasn't going anywhere was setting in. He had already been in jail before. This was a man who lived, lived a hedonistic lifestyle by all accounts. To go from eating dinner at the White House yeah. to eating dinner at the MDC, the MCC, uh, where dinner's not but, too but pretty. But Ghislaine has said she thinks he was murdered, right? Um, I, well, I can't really talk about what, you know, what she's told me. I, I know, I believe she's publicly made some statements about that. She but, said it, yeah, she said it publicly, yeah. Yeah, obviously what, what, what we, what my firm speaks to Ghislaine about is really the issues on her appeal because she did not get a fair trial. Anytime you, you know, I also represent Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and we're going to argue his appeal on Valentine's Day. When you have these cases where there's so much media attention, where News I mean, Nation, you've got a lot of news, people, right, yeah, where yeah. News Nation is spending the whole segment of the, of this show talking about this particular case, the pressure on the judges, on the jurors, on the prosecutors to get some sort of result is just enormous. Look at uh, uh, Cosby. Yeah. Right. I mean, they did everything they could to put him in prison, and then, thank God, an appeals court said, no, 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 you is, can't do this. And we're hoping, both in Weinstein's case, in Harvey's case, and, and in Ghislaine's case, the appeals courts are going to I mean, Weinstein, we got to save for another day. There's oh, a lot to talk about know, there. My office is always... Yeah, okay, so slime goes with slime goes with slime. Yeah, he's also with, you know, representing Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. And as you know, he, this guy is bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. Unless, of course, it is, uh, you know, M Michelle Obama or Michael Obama. You know, she just absolutely glorified him, thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. She got up there and we'll never let him forget it. Yep. You know, I love this clip. I don't know. Whenever I think of Michael, I always think of Joan. 
Miss Rivers, how are you? You made you made a ton of news right. officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move I for you? I am so excited. Okay. And I should do very well because I don't show. And do you think that the country will see the first the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman president? Oh, we president? already have it with Obama. So let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. Uh, I'm sorry. She's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. I love that clip. <laughs> I'm sure you all have seen that clip. It's one of my absolute faves. 100%. Joan, of course, you know what? She didn't make it through surgery after she made those statements. Okay, so question for you. Do you think that, uh, that uh, Epstein killed himself? If you do think that he killed himself, then give us a yes in the comments. If you don't think he killed himself, that he was murdered, give us a no. I'm, I'm sure, I think we're all on the same page with this one. I just don't know what they're going to do with Madam once she is released. I think what she's promised to do is probably go into hiding. She'll end up in France, like I said, and just completely, you know, out of the public eye for good. So, yeah, there's nobody like Michael Obama who loves Harvey Weinstein either. I mean, she's come out publicly and said how much she loves him as well. It's going to be interesting what, what happens with this whole thing. Um, when you start seeing what's going on with Biden and the 2024 elections and what they did with President Trump yesterday just to try to weaken him, and he's only getting stronger you know that there's all kinds of things that are happening behind the scenes. So we're going to just have to wait and see what happens with all of that. Now, it, here is the part where we segue into our, um, until and when we go into our daily dish, things that really haven't been written about yet, they haven't happened, but just up for discussion. Here is the daily. <laughs> Okay, so here you've got Megyn Kelly. She's discussing Michelle Obama replacing Joe Biden in 2024. Again, I'm going to keep you on your toes. I want to know, do you think it's going to be Michelle, Michael Obama, Michael, Big Mike, who is going to hop into the race? It's definitely something that everybody is waiting to hear. Recent reports suggesting the possibility of Michael Obama running for president in 2024 have ignited discussions about the dynamics within the, the Democrat Party and the potential challenges faced by the current administration. You've got Megyn Kelly, who was joined by National Review's Rich Lowry and Charles C.W. Koch, who delves into the speculation surrounding Michael Obama's political future and the implications it may have on the upcoming elections. Okay, some of you are saying yes. Some of them are saying, I hope not. Um, yes or no, do you think Michael Obama is going to enter the race? Now, Newscom had a horrible, I mean, it was a flop when he tried to get out there and debate with Ron 
DeSantis, now that we can't call him sanctimonious, thanks to President Trump, I'm back to DeSantis. You know, forgive and forget. We've got to be nice at some point. Um, it's no olive branch, especially to his team of social media influencers who were an absolute nightmare. I've never seen such an atrocity. However, they're going against uh, President Trump. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that it will be Michael, but Michael hates politics. Michael Obama hates it, absolutely hates it. But on the other side, there is Obama who would love to continue to run everything from behind the scenes like he has with Joe Biden. The problem is Joe Biden cannot talk. He is driving his sign language folks completely nuts. And even the transcripts are trying to make out what it is that he means. He is not making sense. He cannot find his way on stage. He has to have his nurse, Jill, remove him from from the stage. He doesn't know where he is half the time. Here we are on the brink of war, both inside this country, with when you talk about Texas and what's going on at the border, and then also, right, around the world. You've got the Middle East. You've got Ukraine. You've got Russia. You've got the whole deal going on. He's not equipped. He does not have... The scruples. A lot of people have thrown other names around. The Rock, they've thrown around. Oprah, they've thrown around. Um, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, they've thrown his name around. We don't know. Pete Buttigieg, who was probably one of the worst transportation secretaries, they've dingled his little name in front of us several times. So who knows what's going to happen? They're going to have to get a big name out there because nothing is going to be as big as President Trump. I mean, you look at a ballot and he dwarfs everybody in comparison, even when it comes to Joe. So bringing up the border on the dish, here we go. We've got the border situation going down. And let me tell you something, Texas is not backing down. And I am just a huge you know, absolutely huge fan of Texas. Don't mess with it. Huge Border Patrol turns on Joe Biden, proclaims support for Texas National Guard. Do you stand with Texas now? Here we have got a, now this one is from Terrible. Now they do have in context, they've got a community note that says the Border Patrol has not provided any public statements proclaiming support for the National Guard, Texas NG. However, the Border Patrol Union has provided a statement of support via X. So that's where we are right now. Not only that, you've got the red states that are absolutely standing with Texas. You've got people who you get your news from, us and others, (laughs) who also stand with Texas. I believe we had two or three shows last week that were named in solidarity with Texas. I absolutely am for them 100 percent you've got other states that are sending their national guard and defense can you imagine if we had all of the states in solidarity that's what it should look like but unfortunately this environment is too political they are going against our constitutional rights joe biden is allowing an invasion and then he's trying to kind of get things you know confused he's trying to twist things up well don't get it twisted we already have what we need at the border we absolutely do they just need to enforce what's already there we don't need another bill we don't need anything else like he's calling for we've got it all right there in no right there ready for us to to use in fact you have elon musk who says That is undeniable at this point that Biden's policy is open borders. Everything else is just noise. And David Sachs 
you know, he put out this clip. The board. I mean, it's just completely out of control. And here's the thing. We have got, I'm seeing it a lot in California because I live in Hollywood, California. Okay, so LA has got nothing but homeless camps all over the place. Well, unfortunately, there are a lot of Americans that could really use the money that they're giving to people entering our country illegally. They could use the support and the help. It is not up to us U.S. citizens to provide people who are coming into our country illegally with assistance, okay? I mean, they shouldn't be here. Send them back. They're supposed to go back to their country of origin until they come in the proper way. That's not what's happening here. This is an absolute invasion. And it is by the minute hurting Joe Biden because you've got liberal states and sanctuary states like mine, New York, others, Chicago, who are begging for help with the border because what's happening is Abbott and others are sending them to Texas, sending them to places throughout the country. And then they're disappearing on these planes and nobody knows where they're going. Nobody knows where they're ending up. They're not being checked for diseases. They're not being checked to see who they are. In fact, one of the videos earlier this week that we played was, you know, basically somebody that got pretty testy with with people at the border. You've got an unvetted person who was making threats, and it turns out to be a part of, I guess it was from David uh, Harris Jr., who posted a video who showed him to be a convicted terrorist named... Mavsam Samadov. Look. By the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very easy. Wow. Very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement. The entitlement. Uh, no, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Okay, so soon you will know who I am. Well, we found out who this person was. This person right here, his name is Mavsam Samadov. These are the people that are coming into this country. These are the real terrorists. It's not the January Sixers. These are the real terrorists that are on our border right now. And they're not doing a thing to help us out at all. None. So I completely stand with Texas. 100% they have my support. And I cannot wait until President Trump comes in again into the Oval Office because all of those people that are here, that they want to give our jobs, that they want to give hotel rooms, I hope that they're going to be that giving when it comes to our veterans in this country that are that are not living with a roof over their head or food in their stomachs. I mean, this is so bad. So I'm totally on board. Come and take it. Good luck. Good riddance and goodbye, Joe Biden and your administration. So here we've got an ex-Obama official who tells Biden to stay hidden since he doesn't inspire confidence. Okay, word on the street is that an ex-Obama official, Van Jones, said that there's something wrong with Biden's campaign. So this made the radar. Jeffrey, you've got them talking about this just in broad daylight. You gotta go, Joe. Stay hidden. You don't inspire confidence. No one has any trust or faith in your abilities at this point. I don't know who would. 
Anyway, you all are amazing, and we are going to bring this show to a close. Thank you for all of your support. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you getting the word out on the show. You're just amazing. Deborah Reyes says, give a shout out to I Grocket, a great moderator, an all-around great guy. And then we, and he is too, absolutely awesome. And he puts all of the posts that I have on the show, he puts them all on Twitter as well. So you can all pick them up there or uh, Fleet Admiral James on all my other social media. So on Truth and on Getter and on Gab. Fleet Admiral James is just a gem. He makes sure to post all of the articles that I read on this show on my socials over there as well. Just so you know, you can always pick up all of that stuff there. So here is some of just the drone footage I'm going to play as we as we close up the show. I have Hedda Broccoli who who's saying she also supposedly made a lot of complaints about various things in prison. Yes, we went through that. That was a lot of fun. The whole thing with Ghislaine Maxwell, I just am not buying it. I think she's got very comfortable uh, accommodations. I'm, I'm not buying that she's struggling in any way. She's able to write about every single complaint, and she's been moved to a minimum security. She's trying to get the years knocked off of her sentence. She's working that angle, and now, of course, with a suicide. I mean, you cannot even imagine what these poor young girls have gone through. They're having to live with this for the rest of their lives. And these monsters are allowed to completely just, you know, roam free, live in paradise, do their thing. And it's horrible to watch. I mean, they should be in jail. But you have got a corrupt system. And unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with now. You've got an incredible island that has, you know, was used to traffic these young girls. And believe me, if you think that we've heard all the names of the victims, we have not. A lot of them are terrified to come forward. A lot of them have gotten lost in the system. A lot of them are probably, you know, mixed up in drugs and alcohol and are unable to. A lot of them probably fear for their lives. Some of them have possibly been taken care of in one way or another. You just don't know. These people are vile. They are horrible. They're the worst of their kind. Deborah Reyes says, I'm betting the J6ers would trade places with the prison Karen in New York in a minute. No kidding. There's no question about it. Once we did that whole review, it's so true. It was it was awful to watch what the kind of treatment that the January six are sixers are getting. It, it's unbelievable. But hey, you've got Joe Biden who's trying to convince the world that we are the domestic terrorists. No, it's not the guy that you just saw on the border. Nothing like that. It's us. We're we're the actual problem here. So. You know, we just, every single day we are attacked, but every single day we are just getting stronger. Just look at President Trump's records. Then I have Tri-Stater72 who says, we love your show, Jules. Oh, I love hanging out with you all too. You have no idea. Redheaded Eagle too. I saw a text from you today. Yes, I have passed on the message to Kat. I'm praying for him during the storm. And I know that a lot of you are getting hit hard over there. Anyway, just know that you are in my prayers, and I know he's he's got a plan. Cat always has a plan. So anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. If you have not sub- followed this show, 
please make sure to do so. It helps out a lot. It doesn't cost you a thing, but it really does help us in our efforts to go ahead and, and bring the real news. So I would appreciate it if you do so. It costs you nothing. Um, would love to see you here on the regular. Love our chat. Love all of you. I mean, you're just like my friends, my family. Love doing this show. I wanted to give a shout out to my team, The Monologue and The Top News Stories. It was a collaboration between Patriot Pinsey and Rob Playgram Sr. Special shout out to Patriot Pinsey for the layout and the research, Fleet Admiral James and Proudly Deplorable for their supporting articles and oversight. Those three did an incredible job of putting the show together. And I thank you moderators for sharing the articles and for creating an incredible and safe tea room for us to spill. A big shout out to Megavolts for his many contributions as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day of your day since um a few of you do not listen to in the litter box i will tell you the story of my sweet little handsome okay so giorgio has this little problem (laughs) i don't know what it is but he's really particular and he's really possessive of his bones now you all know that i lost a very dear friend a little earlier this year and as a result i got little Giorgio and he is a little handful he is a pistol he is so much fun I love him dearly but he is completely different than handsome handsome was the one that I raised on you know by myself and he is just a doll baby so I'm gonna bring these two little munchkins up on the screen so that you can see what I'm dealing with here this is my brood okay so this is Giorgio (laughs) It would be on your right. And then here is, of course, Mr. Handsome. Well, we're just hanging out. Now, they have little steps that I bought them so that they've got little tiny legs so they can't get up and down on my sofa that easily. But we all get up there, and I normally will hold two bones and let them gnaw on them while we're just hanging out, talking, or I'm just catching a breath or something. All right. Well, for some reason, I just, you know, you had... Giorgio who grabbed his little bone he gets up there and he's hanging out with me and then handsome he gets up on there and all of a sudden Giorgio starts growling because he has his own bone and he's all protective and he's all upset and he's like hey you know what get off my lawn I don't want you he's two he's seven so with that handsome takes matters into his own hands he goes down to the steps and I don't know where he dug them up but he had some bones that he had, you know, he had in hiding. So he brings up one. And when you're talking about these little tiny mouths and getting upstairs, it's like, you know, it's tough for them. It's not really easy. They've got these short little legs. So they get up on those stairs. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of, I'm just laid, you know, a certain way. And he puts the bone on my shoulder. Handsome gave me my own bone. He's like, here, mom. And then he turns around, he runs back down those stairs, and he goes and he gets his own bone. So that he had a bone, I had a bone. And so, of course, I had to, you know, thank him. (laughs) But he made sure that his mom was completely taken care of. And I just so appreciated it. But anyway, that's my doggy story for those of you that missed it during the week. I just, I'm having so much fun with these two little dogs. I mean, they go everywhere I go. They are a very big part of my life. I had cats before. I didn't have dogs before. No, this was all new to me. And they are all dressed. They all have their shoes. We don't go out without our shoes on in LA. Would you? I mean, seriously, with poo and um, needles? No. (laughs) 
not even thinking so. So why should they? So we have a good time. They go to work with me. They are with me during the show, unless it's a Saturday show. And then I send them with my friends to take them to the park or wherever anybody goes. They do me that favor because we never know how long this show is going to go. But we're all getting along really, really well. I cannot imagine a day in my life without these two. I even had to learn how to cook. A lot of you know that I'm not a foodie. But for them, I make the rice, the pumpkin, and the chicken. And when people open up my refrigerator, when they come over, I have a lot of friends in town right now. They're like, wow, so when did you start cooking? I'm like, hmm, no, no. That's the dog. That's for the dogs. That's not for me. So, so I always make that very clear. Do not, I'm probably gonna have to put, you know, use my label maker to say, do not eat anything on, in this refrigerator. It's all for the dogs because it truly is. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. I just wanted to give you a personal note. Oh my gosh, you guys, you continue to, to donate to the show. Okay, let me do this really quick. Zoe Grant, here's something to buy a few bones. <laughs> Or handsome and Giorgio. I promise you, they've got so much. But yes, we appreciate that. I do not think that there's any shortage of bones. I step on them in the middle of the night and I just, I nearly fall over. Just me and the dog says, thank you, Jules. And thanks to the entire crew and mods. Aren't they amazing? I could not do the show without them. A lot of people have been commenting on my team. They're just, they make sure that I've got all the info well in advance and do a terrific job of putting the show together. Vlago says, thanks, Jules, for giving giving your time to us six days a week. It is my pleasure. I, you really are. You are my sounding board. I appreciate you sharing the articles with me and and being so positive about the shows that that I produce and, and work on six days a week. It, pretty is, it is excessive, isn't it? I know it's a live show. And so I can't take anything back. It's never going to be perfect. I'm never going to have that perfect show. I just have to remind myself of that. That is why I do not listen to any of this afterwards. But we continue to try to improve. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You all be safe. Be kind to one another. And we will see you later. Toodly do. Bye. To the wise, the top dietitians in town insist the best source of vitamin C that can be is a lemon twist. Even the skeptic replies that here's a suggestion you can't resist: a cool drink with.
with vices improved with some slices of lemon twist. It isn't merely circumstantial evidence that the lemon is a highly healthful citrus fruit. The most respected scientists agree with the physiologist that here's one fact you can't dispute. Why don't you open your eyes? Your psychosomatic ills won't persist. If quick like a rabbit, you latch to the habit of lemon twist. Twist. 